In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what His body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WABA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WABA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WABA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Folks, look, you all know just as well as I do that right now in our history, indeed the history of the world, we all need to hear the good news of the gospel even more than we regularly hear it. The world needs to hear the good news that the gospel of Jesus Christ brings. And I'm pretty sure that you all know that here on Good News for the City, we are dedicated to saturating the Washington, D.C. metro area with the gospel of Jesus Christ in an effort to transform the region for Jesus. Well, a key part of that, of course, a key part of that saturation process is, of course, the local church. And joining us today is someone who works to train new church plants in an effort to help them plant in a healthy way and therefore multiply. By the way, when I said that, that reminded me of something I heard Rick Warren say. Rick Warren said, I never have to tell my children, grow. He says, you know what? If they're healthy and they're in good shape, they're going to grow, kind of like a church, huh? Healthy sheep are going to grow. Hey, so let's talk about it. Let's get it going. So, of course, you know the drill to get us started, to get us going. My good buddy, my good friend, my co-host of Good News for the City, the Reverend Brian Bales. Did that sound good, man? The Reverend? Well, it it, it sounded like something, Dennis. So uh, we'll just leave it there. You know, Brian's a senior pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn. Good to see you, my brother. God bless you, man. You know, I I love doing the show. And I do I love revere getting, you, man. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I, I love yeah. doing the show. I love talking about the gospel. I love hanging out with you, and I love getting a chance to talk to new people. And today we Amen. have someone new in the studio we haven't had the chance to talk to. Uh, and uh, from best I understand from his bio that I'm going to read here in just a moment, uh, he's a Midwestern boy. So just like me, and just like you. He understands yeah. a little bit about growing stuff. I mean, some of us around here, this Washington oh, metro area, uh, it's not normal that we go out and we see a bunch of corn or we see <laughs> soybeans or whatever it may be. Yeah, uh, man. And we know how that works, right? You got to do some work. You got to plant some seed and eventually it grows. But uh, we're going to be talking about planting today, but not about the type that I might have grown up seeing around the farm or maybe Sean grew up that way too. We'll find out. Uh, not about corn or soy, but something more important, the church. Amen. Uh, like to plant churches. And so in studio, we have Sean Cronin. He is the training lead at Passion for Planting. And Passion for Planting is an organization that equips church planting leaders to plant healthy, multiplying churches. Uh, Sean works with church planters all over the United States, and he trains them and resources them to start healthy, multiplying churches. He is from the Midwest, Buffalo, New York. He right. understands cold and snow. Uh, He's a graduate of Ozark Christian College and Cincinnati Bible Seminary, and 
Here's what we could talk about, but we're not going to today. He is a beleaguered. I use that term. He did not use that term. I use the term beleaguered Bills fan, and this comes from someone who is a beleaguered Browns mm-hmm. fan. So we know what it's like to suffer, but we're not going to talk about that at all today. <laughs> Sean, let's talk yes. a little bit about church planting. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's an honor. Yeah, I, I think when we say planting and church planting, it's just a way mm-hmm. to say starting new churches. Yep. Right? And, and and I live in Northern Virginia. I know that you do. Many of our yep. listeners uh, live in Northern Virginia or Maryland, the district, or even a little mm-hmm. bit farther out. And it, it seems like it's not far that I need to drive mm-hmm. where I'm going to see a church building. Now, remember, mm-hmm. we always say this here, church is not a building, it's a people, but we see a church building or our local schools will see a sign go up on the weekends where a church is gathering in that local school building. There seems to be a lot of churches, which leads to question a lot of times with this many churches in the Washington metro area, mm-hmm. is there still a need for more churches? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, and, and especially here in, in the D.C. area, um, there is a great need. You know, being from Buffalo, you know, it's a city that has not been growing. It's, it's been shrinking for many years. It's kind of seems like it's plateaued. And, um, you know, a lot of the older churches in Buffalo have, have, have closed their doors. And so there's a need for new churches there. But when I came here, I kind of asked that same question because I was like, man, there are a lot of churches, a lot of new churches. Yeah. Um, but then I, I also looked at, you know, just the population growth here and how many people are moving here and how demographics are changing. Um, and I thought, okay, well, who's, you know, what churches are going to be there for all of these new people that are moving to our area for jobs, um, for work, um, you know, and there's got to be, you know, new churches that are going to be there for them. And then, you know, there are churches in our area that will close their doors because that's just kind of the natural life cycle of churches. Uh, you know, none of, the, none of the churches that the Apostle Paul, you know, planted are still in existence today. Um, and so that's just, that's just the thing, you know, it, it's, it's true that churches have a lifespan. And so, um, new churches are going to reach hopefully people that are far from God that don't attend the church right now. Um, and maybe people who are moving to the area who don't have a church, um, but are looking for something new, um, that can help them even connect in the community. And, um, yeah, so that's, I guess that's one way to, to look at it is why we need new churches, even here in the DC area where there are a lot of new churches already. That's yeah, a great reminder. We live in a very dynamic area, and not only mm-hmm. is there a lot of dyna- dynamic uh, issues that happen, there's a lot of people that move in and out. And, you know, mm-hmm. I- I'm out here in Loudoun County. You're not too far from there. It's one of the top uh, three or four every year fastest growing counties. And so it's there's mm-hmm. always that need. And I think it's, it's a good reminder of, you know, uh, this idea of continually planting churches. And, and so maybe we have this happen from time to time, right? People are listening on the radio right now, or maybe someone gets it on podcast or someone hears about this show and they take the podcast and they hand it to someone and say, hey, hey, you, you've been talking about this desire to plant a church. And so maybe there's mm-hmm. someone right now who has this sort of desire in their heart. Mm-hmm. There, there's this old saying, right? That where God calls, God provides. Mm-hmm. And that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Yes. But many times we step into a scenario that we feel like God has called us into without being fully prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about the goodness of the desire to plant a church that can impact in a new area, in a new community that God is calling someone in. Also, the importance of making sure that you train and prepare to do yeah. that well. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question, a great thing to be thinking about, because, I mean, I believe everybody, every Christian, every believer should be involved in disciple making and church planting in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people will have a desire, like for me specifically, had a desire and to go back to Buffalo, where I was from after college and seminary to go and plant a new church. So for me, it was, 
hey, uh, I'm not going to be the lead planner because I was just so young and inexperienced at the time. But I said, I'm going to go and find somebody and get a team together to start a new church. Um, and then we, I ended up finding uh, a guy with the help of some other people who became the lead church planter and the pastor of that church and just worked with him to, to get it started. Um, and so I do want to kind of affirm people that may be saying, I feel called, I, I have a desire to do this. Don't think you have to be like the lead person. Um, yeah. You know, God has given us different gifts and different callings, uh, but we can all uh, play some sort of role in it. Um, now, if you uh, if you're wondering, like maybe you know, is maybe God calling me to be that that lead planter, that lead church planter? That um, you know, I think it is helpful um, to be able to you know, kind of think about okay, what gifts um, and uh, passions and wiring do that do I have? You know, with church planters, typically. You know, you've got to be a, a leader. You've got to be someone that has influence. Um, you know, you got to have people that are, are going to follow you. Um, you got to be able to, you know, cast vision since you're starting something from scratch. You've got to be able to envision something that doesn't exist yet um, and be able to not only have it in your head, but cast that vision clearly so that other people can see it. Other people can help you accomplish it because you can't do it on your own. And so you got to be an entrepreneur um, and, uh, and then you got to have basically some systems that you develop to be able to execute that. And so, you know, Ed Stetzer is a guy who's done a lot of research in church planting and, you know, his, his research has, has shown, he, he did this one study where I think it was like 600 church planters that he interviewed years after they had planted. And he showed that those who had gone to an assessment where they assessed, okay, you know, who, who am I? What are, how, how has God called me? How has he wired me? What are my gifts? What are my passions? What are you kind of looking at their past of things they've started? And mm-hmm. um, those who went through assessment and then had yeah. some training, um, you know, we're leading churches that were healthier, that were growing, um, compared to the, the, uh, pastors, the church planters that didn't go through an assessment process or didn't have training. And he said a lot of that was because, yeah, they didn't, um, you know, they, they were kind of ill-equipped and they didn't, they just didn't know what they didn't know. It's kind of like sometimes when you get married, um, uh, you're just in love and you're kind of have, you're kind of seeing everything through rose colored glass and you think right. love or passion or vision is just going to win the day and it's going to be right. fine. And then you get into it and you're like, oh, this is, I didn't see that. You just didn't know what you didn't know. But you go to counseling, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. premarital counseling and, and other things to kind of get some tools in your toolbox that can you, you can invest in your marriage for the years to come. And that's kind of one of the things we do with assessment and, and training is to kind of help church planners develop that toolbox that they can go back to um, as they're now developing mm-hmm. systems and processes that are going to lead to um, a church, hopefully. Sean, let me tell you what, um, <laughs> and I don't, I guess it's okay to admit this to you and Brian, man, because you, mm-hmm. you're my friends. Come on, man. Yeah. So when Claude first sent us the lead sheets, we always, Brian and I get these sheets and we make up our openings and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh-huh. And I saw it and I read it wrong, man. Okay. I read it wrong and I said, it said passion for planning. Oh, yeah. Well. Not passion for planting. And then, but when I just heard you say that, I thought, well, you we, probably need to have a passion for planning too. Man. Yeah, we do have a lot of planning. I mean, and our and our organization, you know, has been kind of run by a lot of planners, about a lot of engineers, and so they're they're all in the details and systems and processes and planning. And I'm not wired exactly that way, but I yeah, get me to neither. use all the stuff that they design. Well, it's a good reminder, right, that we need differing people. You've already said that, right, with differing gifts to reflect and do uh, the the church well. Mm -hmm. And uh, this idea that we often talk about uh, here at my church, Christian Fellowship Church, it's one thing to be well-intentioned. It's another thing to execute those intentions, Mm -hmm. right? And and we've had more than a few ideas over the years that I think were great. We just didn't execute them well. And I think one of the things you're talking about is helping someone through the power of the Holy Spirit bring fruition, the passion of God is planted in them. Now, one mm-hmm. of the things that you say 
on your website is you emphasize the term healthy multiplying mm-hmm. churches. Now, yep. one of the things that uh, we often do on the show is we say, okay, language matters. And we understand that, that people can use the same words and mean different things. Like I use the term clean. I mean, organized. My wife used the term clean. She means sanitized. And so we have a problem if we don't understand the difference in those terms. You use the term healthy. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Yeah. I'd say in many ways, I mean, growing is obviously a good indication of it. Um, we will, all churches will be growing, but, you know, I would say kind of like healthy, sustainable systems that allow it to be the uh, church that, you know, the kind of the New Testament describes. And so, you know, they've got, you know, leadership that, you know, is godly and that, that people submit to. And they've, they've got, you know, a system for, you know, how they're helping people take next steps in their relationship with Christ. Um, you know, they are, you know, they are producing disciples. It's, um, you know, they, they, you know, especially with the, the multiplying concept, you know, that's something that, um, you know, we emphasize a lot because as church leaders, it's easy to get stuck in the addition mindset. Um, mm-hmm. So we work with an organization called Exponential and they came out with mm-hmm. uh, some research years ago that kind of described churches in five categories, you know, one being subtracting churches that are closing, uh, two being plateauing, three being addition, they're growing, um, four being reproducing and five being multiplying kind of just like you can't, you can't hinder. You, you have to put a system in place to stop them, you know, starting new churches and making disciples. And, um, you know, we want to, we want to, you know, at least be equipping our church planners to think, okay, not with an addition mindset, not thinking, okay, what do I need to do to start a church that's just going to grow, 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 and be really big? Um, but what do I need to do um, to be able to start a church that's not only going to, you know, increase, you know, multiply disciples in our context, in our, in our sphere, but then equips people um, to go out and start other new churches in other contexts and other spheres of influences and other, you know, parts of the country or the world. Um, because we know that, you know, it's, I mean, you kind of think about how are we going to reach, you know, 4 million people in the DMV? Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be really hard to do that in one system, in one church, you know, and, and, and you know, with, I mean, with, with COVID, yes, you know, you know, we can expand our reach digitally. Um, but just like, you know, in terms of all the systems and leadership and just, just the momentum, just the, uh, energy that it'll take to manage mm-hmm. one organization that's that big, um, it's really hard just to manage it. And so one of the solutions is then kind of starting autonomous churches that leaderships and, you know, autonomous local leadership have the authority to, you know, to be able to make decisions that's going to be best for them. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, the multiplying thing is we're saying, Hey, um, you know, how are you raising up leaders, um, developing a system that's going to raise up some leaders that are going to be sent out mm-hmm. to start another new church somewhere else that's going to be, you know, able to um, then do that, you know, and continue yeah, and, to do that for generations. You find out, if you're listening, you can find out more about Passion for Planting. You can go to church-planting.net. It's got a lot of the information. If you go there, you'll see resources, explain a little, little bit about what you can expect, what they'll go through, and, and those sort of things. And so I'm just going to send people to the website and then, mm-hmm. but ask you this question though. Mm-hmm. You've had experience there um, at Passion for Planting. You personally, the organization's mm-hmm. had, what are some common setbacks that you see happen? Well-meaning, hardworking, church planners who want to do the ministry of the gospel, who want to, you know, present the good news, know that's the gospel that makes a way, as we say here right. in Goodness of the City over and over, but they run into some setbacks. Right. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you know, a setback that oftentimes I see, oftentimes occurs um, because they have unhealthy expectations, um, mm. I guess, for, for what's 
are coming. And so yeah, we, could, we could stop right there and do a whole show on unhealthy expectations because none of us in ministry have yeah, ever had unhealthy yeah, expectations, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so a lot of, I know a lot of church planters, you know, my kind of my mentor, he's the director. He just retired Dale Spalding. He would always tell church planters, respect the process, like slow down and respect the process. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like know, I'm listening to the Philadelphia 76ers talk about that for a second, but yeah, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, no, it definitely. It definitely applies to sports too. But, um, uh, with, uh, with church planters, we're, we're oftentimes so gung ho and so kind of drunk on, on our vision. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of going back to that, that, that marriage analogy, um, you know, we just think everything's going to work out. Um, we don't do the due diligence of, um, of, of taking the time to really listen to God and to, 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 um, to wait on him and develop, you know, the, the systems and processes that should be in place in order yeah. to start a church that's going to um, be able to, to make disciples that make disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, people sometimes rush into it um, and don't get proper training and are prepared for the challenges that they're going to face, like, you know, they're going to, they're going to meet people that, that come to their church and, or join their launch team. And, um, they don't realize like, Hey, they have a different vision. They have a different vision in you. There's going to be conflict here. Um, but you're just so excited that they're, you know, they're coming to you and they're, they got gifts and they're leaders. Um, and they just haven't really, they're just so excited. They, they, they don't realize, okay, this person's going to take our church in a different direction and they're just going to be, um, a thorn in my flesh for a while. And so they, you know, they oftentimes will give authority to this person. They'll, you know, hand over, you know, uh, responsibility at the church. Um, and they haven't done, they've, they've, they haven't, you know, vetted this person yet. And then it, uh, leads to a lot of conflict on their launch team. We, we see that pretty much with every, with every church plant yeah. um, that we work with, you know, someone coming up or, you know, someone being attracted to the church, being a high capacity leader, but having a different yeah. vision, um, and then, uh, you know, if you give that person too much authority, especially at the beginning, um, it can really do that, that, that team a lot of harm. Um, and so that's one common thing. And then, then, you know, I guess another kind of thing when it comes to managing expectations would be, yeah, just realizing it's going to, it's going to take time. Um, and you're going to have to, um, you know, wait on God and, uh, um, and realize, yeah, it's, it's really hard work. It's yeah. a lot, a lot of seeds you're gonna have to plant before you're going to see anything really grow. Yeah. To, to mix analogies a little bit, I heard one pastor friend of mine says we have a microwave mentality in a crockpot world. Mm-hmm. You know, most all of us, if we have the choice between throwing something in the microwave and putting it in the crockpot, we like what it tastes like better in the crockpot, but right. we don't have the patience most of the time to do that. And man, that and happens a lot, doesn't it, Brian? Yeah, it does. Man, I mean, Paul. We, Paul said, didn't he say mm-hmm. to Timothy, don't lay hands on somebody too early, man, because they'll yeah. get puffed up. And yet every one of us has done it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Yeah. No, no, it's a, it's a great that. example. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think especially the point is like when you have, when you have passion for something, God's laid sure. on your heart, that sure. passion has to come alongside with wisdom and wisdom yeah. comes from the Holy yeah. Spirit and yeah. also comes through the Holy Spirit and how he's trained others to step into your life. Right. Now, one of the things I wanted to do in a few minutes that we have still here is that talk about uniqueness because there can be sort of like stereotypes in people's mind this is what a church plant looks like mm-hmm. you know one stereotype would be like okay we get together a launch group we get mm-hmm. together once a month for a certain amount of time to create small groups eventually we have this big service in some place and we kick it off mm-hmm. and that's one way and a lot of people have done it that way but there are some other unique things that are sort of happening mm-hmm. that as people who may be thinking ah 
I'm not called to church planning because I'm not called for it to look like this. Maybe they need to rethink. Maybe God wants to use them differently, right? Right, right. Yeah, I was actually just on a uh, a call um, with some other church leaders thinking about, um, I mean, we, we, we were just proposing kind of what's the future of the church going to look like? And it's going to look different than, you know, what it has looked like in the past, the way we've been planting churches. Um, and the past is going to have to change. We're going to have to innovate. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like last year, in our we, had a re, we have a residency program. Um, There's a distance residency program, and so this this one guy joined us, and he's uh, he loves video games, and so he's been playing video games like for his whole life, and so he says, "I feel God's calling me to start a church for gamers." Um, and so he's online with you know gamers when he's not working, um, and he said, "How do I start a Bible study for gamers?" And so they started a Bible study, meeting once a week with with video gamers, and now he's saying, "Okay, so how do I?" what is a church going to look like, you know, for video gamers? Um, and so we kind of just said, okay, like you're going to have to contextualize all the stuff that we're going to learn about in church planting, but you contextualize it to the video game world. And so that's what he's doing right now. Um, and so church for gamers, people that love gamers, um, you know, there's, um, uh, you know, people have, have, have experimented with, you know, kind of business models. So you start a business and then out of that business, you know, whether it's a coffee shop, um, whether it's a, a gym, you know, here in Northern Virginia, we, our church started years ago, um, New Life Christian Church, and then had a kind of just a vision for one day having our own building. But we said, we're not going to have a, a traditional church building. If we have a building, we're going to have it for the community. And so we bought a old Budweiser distribution center and turned it into a sports complex called the End Zone. Um, and so we bought a building to be portable in, but, you know, seven days a week, it's used by uh, people who are working out by soccer teams, by volleyball teams, basketball teams, basketball organizations, um, people just trying to get in shape. Um, and there are other people now that come to our building and are like, Hey, I've got a desire. I want to do this somewhere else. Like I want to start like when we have one trainer at our, um, who, who's got a history with, with some, some churches. And he says, um, I want to go one day and start a coffee shop, coffee shop slash gym. And out of that, all the, all the relationships that we build, plant a church and it'd be a community of we get it together we work out we study god's word we worship um and then we kind of you know just do that thing but we come together because of this commonality of this affinity for for coffee and for working out i love the creativity that the god of the universe who's the most creative being ever who created all that we see can also be very creative in how we reach people in that way Mm -hmm. now um for some people are listening in the last two minutes or so you have a church planning boot camp coming Mm -hmm. up Yep. Uh, give us a little information about that uh, yep. if, if they find what we talk about interesting. Yeah. So it's a, it's a church planning boot camp. It's really open for, you know, kind of a broad range of people, people that are field, they're like, they're called, they know they're going to plant a church and they need some, some help kind of with some training to, you know, give them some ideas about what systems, what processes should I be working on? Uh, or people that are kind of just exploring like, Hey, tell me more so I can learn more about church planting. Uh, so that's happening um, in Chantilly at the end zone where our office is. Um, November 9th through the 13th. Uh, so half the day, Monday afternoon through the morning of that Friday, the 13th. Um, and so that's happening. We, we do usually about two a year. So if, if this one doesn't work, we'll do another one in May. Um, and so, yeah, if anyone's interested, they can go to our website and find out more. Yeah. Well, Sean, thanks, man. I really appreciate you taking time today just to tell us about the passion that you have for planning, obviously in the name of the organization, mm-hmm. but not just an organizational passion, but you can hear it, can't you, Dennis, about his personal passion yeah. Uh, of, yeah. of being I the church and, and taking the truth about the gospel and who Jesus is to the world around us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Thanks very much. Well, folks, you heard it, man. Let's 
Let's give you the website one more time if you want to, to get in, in touch with Sean. It's church-planting.net. That's church-planting.net. Or you can go to goodnewsforthecity.com, listen again on podcast. And it's, I'd love to hear that passion, Sean, and I'm very mm-hmm. grateful to you. And it was one of the good things that I think you said that, that helped a lot of people, maybe with some guilt, mm-hmm. is that there are seasons mm-hmm. and life cycles mm-hmm. to churches and that that's okay because God creates again and creates yep. new and doing a new thing all the time. So yep. thank you, thank you, thank you. Yep. So again, church-planting.net or goodnewsforthecity.com. Or, you know, folks, you can always call me at, uh, at the station, and I get my messages every day, 703-807-2266. at 703-807-2266. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington DC metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.